Teddy coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did. He got it. Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. Hey, he crushed it. It's a grand slam. Swing and a miss, Frank Lee. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast, normally covering Boston Red Sox baseball, but tonight is a very uh, special edition. Uh, My guest uh, for this show, uh, which will be the first of a three-part interview, is Porter Fisher, who is the whistleblower for the biogenesis Alex Rodriguez scandal, which took place much of uh, over the course of 2013. He was featured in the Netflix documentary Screwball and is the founder of the Porter Project, which is dedicated to keeping kids off steroids and promoting clean and fair competition all across sports. Porter, how are you? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing great, Terry. Thanks for having me. So I guess to hit the ground running, like, did you ever in your wildest imaginations think you would ever be caught up in what would be a top three or four all-time biggest scandal in the history of Major League Baseball? <laughs> no, not not at all, Terry. I, didn't, I did not see this uh, monster coming. <laughs> I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, walking a mile in your shoes as all of that was was unfolding. So, again, I, I appreciate you joining me. You're probably the biggest, you know, high-profile guest I, I've ever had on this podcast. So I'm just tickled to death that we're here. And I've seen Screwball at least 12 times. So, the, you know, it just, <laughs> it's, you know, you know, that much bigger. So... Just to give a rough outline for the show, and and correct me if I'm wrong about any of this, uh, you know, in a second here, you basically uh, ended up at an anti-aging clinic that appeared to be legitimate, run by a doctor named Anthony Bosch, who appeared to be legitimate, and after a sequence of events which we'll get into in depth, you find out none of it was legitimate. And then you discover Bosch was connected to a steroid ring. And then there were several documents laying around containing a list of high profile major league baseball players, most notably Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Braun, Melky Cabrera, Nelson Cruz, and several others. And eventually you turn that over to the Miami New Times and then all hell breaks loose. Is that a rough, you know, frame of yeah, that, what took place? That's, yeah, that, that's that's a that's a good overview. Uh, uh, and we'll touch base on some of the specifics of that. But yeah, that's pretty much of a, a, a solid overview. I thought that when this whole thing started, I thought I was just like any other guy down here in South Florida going to an anti-aging clinic and and getting testosterone replacement therapy, you know? And uh, I walked in there with my eyes wide open and 
just like I see, I wasn't the only one going there. There's a lot of other people going there that that were one of the mill, uh, you know, citizens of the community that weren't ball players and weren't, you know, big muscly gym guys. It just, you know, uh, a lot of normal people were going in there. So yeah, I thought it was a clinic just like anything else. I thought I had, you know, an inside track and a and a, a good hookup because I had met him through some friends of mine and he actually went to the same high school as me, which I found out early on. Right. And he being Anthony Bosch. So what were your early impressions of him once you arrived at the clinic? Well, I first met him because um, the guys at Boca Tanning Club, which is a salon that I, I frequented down in South Florida, they were the owners of it. They took were taking part of their salon and they were turning it into an, a clinic, an anti-aging spa kind of. They had already had a, uh, a machine that uh, that they promoted as as uh, reducing fat deposits and 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 uh, and for fat loss, where it sends you know sound waves into your body and whether it worked or not, that's what they started off doing. But um, they were sectioning off part of the salon to open up a an anti-aging clinic and they called it Boca Body. And they had gone, they'd started this off uh, with a, somebody they had met over in West Kendall who, somebody that owned a liquor store and his name was George Velasquez who's, who turned out to be Oogie. So that's why I first met Oogie. I didn't know Oogie was ever involved with Bosch at the, at the, you know, at the same time. But that's where I first met, uh, when they opened up the clinic, that's where I first met Tony Bosch. They, you know, uh, Ugi introduced me to him as their quote-unquote uh, doctor, the one who saw the people and who wrote the protocols, who checked the blood work, and who uh, administered the anti-aging dispensaries, which would have been testosterone and uh, and uh, HGH and uh, HCG. Those were the big three ones that you could pick up at, at most any anti-aging clinic. And when you met Bosch, what were your early impressions of him? I mean, because when you watch him in the documentaries, at times he's candid, he kind of seems funny. And at first, I mean, I, he, he looks like he could be very personable and, and, you know, very accommodating. What, what were your impressions of him? Well, uh, that's the thing. I mean, at the time he, he smoked cigarettes. So, you know, he'd be out front of the salon. So like maybe when you pulled up, he'd be out front and he'd be like, Hey, how's it going? And he'd talk to people coming in and out. Again, that laugh that you saw on, uh, on the movie Screwball, that's genuine. That's the way he laughs. He's, he's, you know, he's a laughable guy. Um, he can make friends, but that, you know, to be honest, that's what all good comment do. They, they get close to people. They, they make people, you know, trust them. So and so, you know, so on and so forth, but very, very likable, I guess. But there was a, when I first met him, there was an air of confidence that he had. And I guess that maybe that, you know, helped people believe in him as well because, um, you know, he, he acted like he knew what he was doing. He sounds like, he, you know, he, he spoke very clinically at times in the, you know, throughout the documentary. And I mean, he, he seemed very believable, didn't he? At first, um, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. And the funny thing is, 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 yes, to people that don't know. To me, at first, of course, too, because I wasn't aware of the lingo. I wasn't aware of 
of you know a plus b equals c in in that genre or that industry now that i once i was in it and once i was a, a customer and once you know the whole biogenesis thing i became uh about as much of an expert as on peds and and steroids as anybody else um just because i was entrenched in it um but at the time when you first start off you don't it is impressive when you hear somebody say you should take one and a half cc's of this on Mondays and Thursdays. You should only take this in the evening time because that's when your body produces this. Now, it, it's it's things that he knows that the normal lay person doesn't know. So, yeah, he did sound very knowledgeable. And, again, just uh, when you're not from that industry, um, you're kind of at the mercy of the person giving you the information. And – how how long were you on those protocols, you know, before you kind of noticed things weren't adding up and, you know, you hadn't put two and two together? So so how long did it kind of take you to kind of get your bearings about what was really going on? Well, let, let, that's a great question, Terry. Let me just to clear the some of kind of the timeline and I don't know if it was very, very clear in the movie or the stories. When I started with Tony Bosch, he was the resident, and, I was, and I'm using quote, air quotations here, he was the resident doctor at Boca Body. Okay? He was there for probably about three months that I saw. And then uh, he had a disagreement or falling out with, with uh, Anthony and Pete and Oogie, I guess. But I went in there one day and uh, – it's not like I frequented the the spa every day. I was at the salon, but I wasn't. I, I didn't see who was really in the in the spa part. Um, one day, Bosch isn't there, and there's another doctor, and uh, I kind of asked where he was, and the doctor didn't really give me an answer, but gave me my my protocol. And they used to hand the, the most of the time they'd hand people the protocols in a in a in a baggie. They're like, here's here's a week's worth of. Uh, uh, HGH that you're supposed to do five times a week, two days off. I mean, five days on, two days off. And uh, here's your weekly uh, injection of. It's most of the time it was a mix of uh, Winsterol and testosterone, or sometimes it was just test- testosterone, whether it's sipinate, promate, uh, pronate, or ethanate, one of the whatever form they you're going to get. But um, Tony wasn't there anymore. And Tony at the time, and it was. You saw that movie when I first met Tony, and he was he was evaluating my blood work. Um, I had high cholesterol and I had high blood pressure. And Ugi had said because of those numbers, he didn't know if I was going to be able to do the program. And he said, "Well, I'll check with a doctor." And then when he when he you know the next time I came in, he said, "Oh yeah, you know he'll, he'll see you now." And that's when I first met Tony Bach. Bosch is the doctor that was looking at my blood work. And Tony was looking over it and he said, yeah, yeah, we can work with that. We can work with that. And then that's when we had gotten the discussion of, you know, where did you go to school? I told him where I went to school. You know, oh, I went to the same high school. He was a year older than me. I really didn't, you know, know who he was. And then that's when he was like, you know, do you know, do you know who I am? And I was like, no. And he goes, baseball? And I'm like, no. And in my head, I'm, I thought he was saying that he played baseball for Columbus, or I should have known him because that was the, the sentence right before the question. You know, where'd you go to school? Right. So I didn't put two and two together, and I thought he was talking about that he might have played baseball for Columbus. I'm like, no. And he was like, oh, okay. Then we got in the conversation about what it would cost and, you know, 
uh, how often I would have to do it because I think it was all new to me. I, and I was like, well, where do you do injection? You know, do you put it in your butt? You know, do you put it in your arm? All the stuff is new to me because I wasn't used to any kind of needles or any kind of drugs of that or, or uh, treatment of that sort. And uh, when he came to me with the price, uh, he was first, he was like, well, what? He was like five or six hundred dollars, and I was like, kind of like balked at it. And he goes, "Well, what can you afford?" I go, "Well, can you give me like a, a Columbus discount?" You know, kind of joking that we went to the high school. And he said, "Yeah, sure, okay, three hundred dollars." So I felt I was getting a deal, and I was getting a three hundred dollar protocol from him. Well, after about a month, and I say I want to say maybe six weeks of, of dealing with Doctor Tony, um, he he's gone, and um, the new doctor comes in, and the new doctor gave me my protocols for another two or three weeks, but then all of a sudden they kind of shut the business down. They shut down Boca Body. Now, for those two months, I felt really, really good. I felt with I had more energy. Um, I was going to the gym, which I really wasn't a massive gym rat before, but I was going to the gym. I was riding the bike. I was dropping weight, and people were really starting to notice the change. So when Tony left and they closed Boca Body, um, I was kind of disappointed because I knew if I went somewhere else, um, I wasn't going to get a, a, a discount. Uh, I really wasn't sure on what to ask new places. And again, I was kind of new to the thing. And just because it had come through Pete and Anthony and I'd met Tony now and he went to the same high school, I felt kind of comfortable. So I started asking questions on whether anybody had seen Tony. And, uh, and again, Oogie wasn't around. Nobody was around. Well, one day I ran into Oogie. And I said, hey, uh, have you seen Tony? He goes, yeah, yeah, he's got a new clinic over there across from UM. I go, well, across from UM, so he's still doing the same thing. And he's like, yeah. I said, well, where's it at? And so he gave me, like, the exact directions, and I went over to the parking lot. And, the, and you, you know what the outside of the building looks like. You can see it from the articles. And I went on and knocking on doors because there was no signs up front, or at least there wasn't any signs up front of Tony's place. And I, after a couple of doors, I finally hit on his. And I finally found him. I was like, oh, there you are. Hey, I've been looking for you, so on and so forth. He was like, yeah, I'm over here. I opened up a new place. You know, these guys were jerks. I didn't get along with them, so on and so forth. But I'm, I'm over here now. Uh, you know, what's up? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I want to continue my protocols with you. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. I go, hey, you know, same price. And he's like, sure. So I, that's when I picked up with Tony again to be his patient and receive the protocols. And I was with him probably close to nine months Wow. As a patient, I would just, you know, once a month I'd go in there and give him my $300. And every week I'd go in there and pick up my weekly, you know, needles. Or every two weeks, sometimes because I was traveling, they would give me a month's worth. So I'd walk out of there with 20 small needles and four large needles. And I'd just come home and put them in the fridge. And uh, I'd just go back once a month. But so I, it, I was a customer for about nine months. And Whatever I was doing worked because some the pictures you see on the New Times and, you know, people will go, oh, well, you know, he's an ex-personal trainer or, or bodybuilder or stuff like that. <laughs> I was never a personal trainer before, and I sure wasn't a bodybuilder before. Um, now, the stuff that Tony gave, it did make a difference. It, it, it changed my body. I, I am a lot more muscular these days. And I was back, you know, I got all the way down to almost 11% body fat. And, and I looked good. I was happy. Um, so, you know, he talked a big game, but I had no, no complaints about being Tony's patient. Um, 
I've been asked the questions before. Well, didn't you notice anything wrong? No. What's there to notice? I mean, I got what I paid for. I saw people coming in and out all the time, and they were walking out with the same blue bags that I was. Now, what was in their blue bags? I have no idea. I don't. I had no idea if people were doing something the same or, or different. I mean, and I kind of equate it to a dentist's office. People coming in and out of the dentist's office all the time. You don't know if they're there for a cavity. You don't know if they're for a teeth cleaning. You don't know if they're there for a root canal. You have no idea whether they're there. I mean, it's really not your business. And you and you don't. You'd be a weirdo if you were running around asking people what they're going to the dentist for. So again, it was just a clinic for me, and it was just a a, a place that I was going to uh, as a mid forty year old guy. It was turning back the clock, so I was happy with everything. I'm glad you kind of cleared that up because I, I had no idea what the what the timeline was, and it, I, I kind of I think was under the impression it might have been a little more brief. But when you when you had to seek him out again, that's when it, it became Biogenesis of America, correct? Right, because I mean, well, here's the thing: when I first found him at Crossing University of Miami, he was there with it was uh, Lorraine. Uh, his partner was Carlos Acevedo. Uh, Ricky was still doing the finances. Ricky was the, and I say finances, Ricky was the guy collecting the money. And when you came in and you gave your credit card, you came in and gave your cash or your check, you gave it to Ricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but the name of the place was Revive. And in fact, I still have the old sign from Revive because I had taken it down to replace it with the biogenesis. Okay. Okay. So the name again. That's it's one of these kind of things where you, you this is three parts, but it could be ten parts because I'm really I'm really filling in a lot of the holes here that you just don't that just don't get touched on in a movie, you know, and they don't get really touched on because a lot of the articles were so Alex Rodriguez heavy. Right, I I get that totally because that's what the the sixty minutes you know special focused entirely on, and you know and then Screwball obviously, you know presented your side of it uh, you know a lot more. But so you know you said he's very professional. You had no complaints. You you were going there for nine months. You know no reason no reason to suspect anything was the staff there were they all like oh lorraine was a sweetheart lorraine was great the, the nurse there were the, i mean lorraine was awesome um carlos was cool ricky was great you know everybody there was really really cool and i mean i mean not cool and like they're covering something which is really I mean, just good people nice people and they always accommodated me and, and people came in and they were shaking hands and kissing babies they were great um but even when I was going there, it's not like I saw Tony all the time. You know, I could go in there because Lorraine was a registered nurse. You know, Lorraine could, could you know, draw out your, 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 your treatment medicine injections and give them to you. Ricky collected the money. You saw Carlos. There was really not a whole lot of questions and answers. Now, when I dropped down a certain amount of weight, um, the thing is with HCG treatments that – some people might not know about when people say, Hey, uh, I'm going to go on ACG and lose weight. Well, it does lose weight, but it only has a certain shelf life. It's not like you can do it from you do it your first month. You're going to lose a lot of weight. Your second month, you're going to lose 
a little bit of weight, but by your third month, you're not losing any weight because your body's used to it, okay? So when people do HCG treatments in, in, in these kind of health spas or, or anti-aging spas, they need something to keep the money coming in. They need something to keep people coming back. And that's why they have like um, ulterior things like uh, uh, performance packages or sports packages or anti-aging or weight loss or, you know, they have these extra things like uh, Botox. They, they, have, they have to have little things for people to come back. Otherwise, people would lose their weight and never come back, right? So once I started losing the weight, um, I knew it. I, the weight wasn't dropping off like before, and it was explained to me. I was like, hey, I'm not losing as much weight as, as, as I used to. I'm, I'm, I'm still eating good. I'm still exercising, but it's not just falling off like it, it used to. And it was explained to me by Carlos. It just doesn't do that. It's just not built like that. And uh, then I was like, all right, well, you know, what are my other options here? And he says, well, you can probably go on a different protocol, but you'd have to talk to Tony. And so I'd come in, and Tony wasn't there. I'd come in again. Tony was there. And finally, I'd catch him. And I'd be like, hey, uh, I want to see if I can switch up my, my protocol. And, and I didn't even know what the word protocol meant <laughs> until I started being a biogenesis. But it's your sessions or your plan. And uh, he said, well, what do you, what do you want to do? And I, I, on, a, on a kind of a joke, I said, oh, I want to look like Sylvester Stallone. Because I always found, found it fascinating that the guy is, is older than me, and, he, and, and, and he's just got such a, a killer body. Ironically, it's funny that he, you know, he got busted a couple times for HGH in the airport and so on and so forth. But I made that joke, and he's like, well, yeah, we can make that happen. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. So he turned around and changed the protocol and put me on like a different testosterone, started added Anavar pills to it. Um, and just added a, and just changed things up a little bit. Uh, he cut out the HCG and, and added HGH. Well, then it really started changing. Um, I, I got big. I got cut. Um, I was really liking the attention I was getting. And uh, now this whole time, my real job was doing these uh, projects, you know, uh, for marketing. I was doing marketing projects on pretty much on the eastern side of the country. And, you know, I, I travel in Florida, I travel in the Southeast, but I'd always be working for big companies. And, you know, it was only, you know, a six month gig, a year and a half gig, uh, you know, a nine month gig. And this had gone on for years. And I was trying, kind of getting tired of it, but I knew how to market. I knew how to do, uh, uh, I, well, I learned to market and do uh, social media and, and all the things that it does to get your name and your brand out there. And, one day it kind of hit me that I was like, man, Tony doesn't have a sign on the front door. He has no business cards. He has no pamphlets. He has no web address. He has, doesn't have a Facebook, doesn't have a mice, doesn't have anything. This, this guy's the, the worst marketer ever. You know, oh, you know what I should do? I should do the marketing for him and really blow up his business. And if it takes off, then I could be like the regional. I could do this. I could do that. I, I, could, I could quadruple, you know, the foot traffic that comes in here. So I started asking, hey, let me do the marketing for you. Let me do the marketing for you. And it would always be like, yeah, let me think about it. Oh, I'll get back to you, so on and so forth. And that went on for months, right? And it's not like I was desperate or anything, but every time I went in there, every, you know, every week or every two weeks, I'd be like, I'd bring it up I'd, in conversation. And uh, one day, uh, 
I, I said, I, I was riding on the bike one day and, uh, and down here in South Florida and, and uh, I was going across a, a street and I had to ride away, but uh, a, a Jaguar was making a right hand, right hand turn and didn't see me and hit me on the bike. And so I had surgery on a knee and uh, uh, a couple, a little bit of mess up on my back, but I got paid out to my insurance company about 30 grand. And so I had a little bit of money. I paid down credit cards, but I had a little excess money. And then I was just saying one day to uh, to Ricky, hey, did you talk to Tony about doing the marketing? He's like, yeah, no, you'll get around to it, so on and so forth. And I was like, well, hey, you know, if it's a matter of you guys not sure if I know what I'm doing or, or you know, if you guys, you know, don't really believe me, let, let me do the brochures for you. Let me do the, the, the business cards for you. Um, I'll front it all. And if you guys like it, you guys can pay me back. But, you know, let me do that. And he goes, no, no, that, you don't have to do that. I go, that's okay. I came into a little bit of money. And he's like, you did? And I said, yeah, 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 I got a little bit of money. And, and he's like, well, let me, let, me, let me talk to Tony. And uh, that night, is the, Tony called me. Hey, how's it going? And that's the first time he'd ever called me on the phone. Um, and looking in hindsight, you see a lot of stuff in, in hindsight, but I didn't see it then. But that was the first time he called me on the phone. And, and he was not really calling, I don't think, because he gave a damn about my marketing skills. He, he gave a damn because I had some money. And again, that's not something that I would see right off the bat because he the, nothing to the obvious person looked like they needed money. You know, the TV was on, the power was on, the staff was there, Tony was coming in and out, and it's not like, you know, there was a, a for sale sign on the front door. So... It didn't, it didn't register to me that he was desperate for my money. And kind of like the movie shows, maybe I'm the most gullible guy in the world, and I probably am, but I take things on face value. So I really try not, don't try and read too much into it. But um, I didn't, at, even up to this point, when I was writing a check for $4,000, I, I didn't see any nefarious or, 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 or dishonest things going on. And everybody, nobody seemed stressed out and everyone was, you know, the customers were happy. The staff was cordial. Like there were no red flags. No, 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 no. And, and, and the thing is, too, is you'd see people coming in and, and, and that's, you, you'd see all sorts of people coming in. And it's, it's not like, you again, it's not like you saw a bunch of big giant beefcakes coming in and out of there. And you didn't see people walking in and out with baseball uniforms or, or sporting uniforms. Um, when I was in there, um, you, you'd see cops. You'd see mom, dad, and a kid. You'd see women. You'd see guys. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it didn't look it didn't look anything different than just than, than a regular doctor office. And I I could probably tell already. I mean, I would be completely aloof in a place like that if I was making the same observations. So I just that's it's really interesting that you know nothing was was alarming at first. But g going back to when he called you, like you know, when did things start to shift? Because it wasn't long after that. Yeah, no. Well, when he first called me, um, he's like, "Hey, so I talked to Ricky today, and uh, he says you uh, uh, you told me about the marketing thing." I said, "Yeah, Tony. Yeah, look, I, you know, thanks for calling me back, but you know, I, I really think I could do, you know, blow up your business." And, and I'm telling the same thing I was telling Ricky, and I've been saying before, like, you know, I could do you, 
business cards. I could do your website. I think I could do this and that. And he's like, mm hmm, mm hmm. So, uh, Wiki also said you came with some money. I said, oh, yeah, I know. And I don't mind putting it out, but I, I was, you know, I was going to, you know, get the brochures and the business cards and stuff like that. I was going to fund the money so you guys could see what I could do. And he's like, no, 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 no. I know you know what you're doing and this and that. But have you ever thought about, um, you know, instead of spending the money on the marketing, have you ever thought about, you know, in investing? And I'm like, well, that's kind of what I'm doing. I said, by me putting out the marketing stuff, I'm kind of investing in myself that I could blow up your business and, and hope, you know, maybe be a part of it. And it's like, no, no, what I'm saying is, you know, investing in biogenesis, like like that money you're talking about, I could uh, I could probably use that to, to buy more medications and this and that. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I, I, I really kind of would rather use it for the marketing. He's like, no, no, I get what you're saying. I'll tell you what. If you invest in the business and you you let you you invest in the business and you give me the, the four thousand dollars, I'll give you a twenty percent return. I was like, so if I give you four thousand, you're gonna give me forty-eight. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, in fact, I'll pay you a weekly, you know, the first week, I'll give you twelve hundred, and the next week I'll give you twelve hundred. So in a month you'll get your forty eight hundred back. And I was like, Oh, okay. And but what about me doing the the, the marketing? He goes, Oh, you could be the marketing director. I said, oh, uh, okay. I said, and he goes, yeah, I'll talk to Ricky. Go ahead and come in on Monday, and uh, you can get in there and start digging around and, and do, you know, what you know how to do. You know, you, this will be great, so and so forth. And you can give Ricky that check when you when you come in. I said, or you can give Ricky the money when you come in. I said, okay, can I write a check? He's like, yeah, sure, sure, whatever you're comfortable with. So I'm like, okay, again, where's the red flag? Where would anybody see the, I mean, if you hadn't seen the movie and you don't know the story, where's the red flag? Where's somebody supposed to pick up on this? You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I don't see what red flag I should have seen. Right. Again, because again, if you don't know the story, where's the thing that's supposed to put an alarm off in my head? I don't see anything bad yet. So I go in there on the Monday and um, I said, hey, Ricky, how's it going? Uh, you know, did you talk to Tony? He's like, yeah, yeah, I talked to Tony. He said, I go, yeah, he said I could, you know, start doing this and start uh, getting my feet wet. Um, he's like, yeah, okay, so are you sure you want to do this? I said, oh, yeah, I think I can do a good marketing. He goes, no, are you sure you want to, you know, give Tony $4,000? And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, why not? He's like, okay, I'm just double, I'm just checking, order. And I'm like, no, yeah, sure. So I wrote the check, and there's a screenshot of it somewhere, I think, in the movie. I, I, I put on... In the in the memo of the check, I put loan. You know, right? Because it, a loan investment, same thing. You know, and I was like, okay. So, lo and behold, I give Ricky the check, and that's when I start going, okay, hey, what's in this room? And that's when I really started to see the business. You know, you walk into one room, and that's where they keep their rubber gloves and their syringes, and you know, there's a fridge there, and then you go into another room, which where you know, the girls were, would lay out all the product and portion it up and, and draw the needles. You go into another room, and uh, that's where they had – that's where Ricky's office was. And, and behind him, he'd have, uh, you know, uh, receipt books and uh, uh, credit card swiper and stuff like that. So you, you don't see that normally as a customer, right? So that's when I started seeing that stuff. And then – I was like, okay, um, and then I was asking the questions like, okay, if I'm going to get everybody business cards, you know, what do you want on your business cards? And I would go to Lorraine, how, you know, what do you want on your business card? 
Do you want RN? Do you want, uh, you know, LN? What do you want on it? Ricky, do you want business cards? What do you want it as a title? Okay, I'm going to put a sign for the front door, you know, that says ours. Because, again, none of this stuff existed. And, uh, you know, Tony goes, oh, I put my dad down as the medical director. So I was doing all the stuff that she would do for business. So at least I know you needed to do that for business. And I, you could go on Google Business right now. And, and look up Biogenesis of America. That's the website I started, you know, and you can look when it started. It's still, I still get notifications, you know, wow. on that site. Um, it's not a fully site, but I started that because I was going to start filling that in on about us and testimonials and everything you do with a normal website. But that was one of the things I started too. And then, you know, sign for the front door. Uh, they did since even when I was a, a customer, they had changed the name to Biogenesis of America. But they didn't have any, it still said Revive on the front door. And the brochure still still said Revive. But they had changed their business name to Biogenesis of America because Carlos Acevedo left because he got into it with Tony and they split. Now, I didn't know about what until later because I was just a customer. You know, they don't, you don't discuss that with a customer and nor does a customer even know that or ask about it, you know, right. Again, it's not normal stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm asking all the normal stuff and within my first week, that's when there was a very, very key thing that, that happened my first week that comes into play for the entire spark of biogenesis inside of Ricky's office. There was this about six foot metal, four shelved uh, uh, shelving unit. And it was just had white legal boxes. And I was like, Ricky, what's all this stuff? And he's like, ah, psh, just files, files and files and paperwork. And I was like, oh, well, it, it, can we put this somewhere else? I mean, it's just, it doesn't really look good here. And again, this is the office that people came in to pay and it looked like a storage room. And he's like, yeah, but there's no way to put it. I, you know, it was up to me. I, I, I put it off property. And I was like, well, I mean, I can store it at my house if you want. And he's like, you got room? I said, yeah, I got a ton of room. You know, and at the time, I was living, we had a piece of property in South Miami, and it was on about an acre of property. And the main house was five bedrooms, four baths. And on the property, when we first got it, there was an eight-car garage that my dad had turned into a guest house uh, that my grandmother and aunt lived in till they passed away. So that was three-bedroom, two-bath guest house. Well, that's where I was living, so I had tons of room. So I was like, okay. I said, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll shuffle it around. I'll get it to my house sooner or later. So Ricky had basically said, go ahead and move these boxes uh, and take them off property. And he gave me the authorization to take him to my house. Now that comes into play later on down the road, but that was my first week. And I was, you know, again, doing stuff like, Hey, what should we put in the lobby? Hey, we can put brochures, brochures, brochures here and do this, do that. So I'm, I'm trying to set this business up, but the first week rolls around and uh, I was like, Hey, Ricky, can I, can I get the, that 1200 bucks time to get paid? And he's like, uh, well, yeah, we don't have it for her. I go, what do you mean you don't have it? He's like, no, no, you got to get with Tony. Don't have it right now. And I was like, uh, uh, okay, was it going to be on a Monday? He's like, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it should be on a Monday. I said, okay, I'll check in on Monday. So I come in on Monday, 
And I uh, say, so you know, Ricky is, is Tony here. He's like, no, no, he's not here. And I'm like, well, can I get that 1200 Yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to be tight. You're going to have to talk to Tony. I'm like, well, what's the problem? Don't you, don't you have a checkbook? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I go, isn't that the bank right next door? And he's like, yeah. So, so what's the problem? He goes, Porter. And he's huffing and he's kind of hesitant. He goes, there's no money. And I go, what do you mean there's no money? And he goes, we haven't paid the rent in like two months. Um, we just got the TV turned on and it's a really, really strap for money. And I'm like, whoa, uh, I don't, I don't understand. I, I see people paying you every day. Where, where's all this money going? And he goes, Tony takes it. I go, well, what do you mean Tony takes and takes and does what? Does he, he does some pay the bills? And he goes, no. And I was like, well, what's up with that? And he goes, Tony, it, it's Tony. It, it's just too much to go into Porter. You'll find out. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but. Ricky, I need my money. And he goes, oh, no, I need my money, too. I haven't been paid in months. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, Luane just came back. Luane's been gone for a long time because they had uh, a girl named Renata there. They had uh, Junior there. They had Lorraine there. And they had uh, uh, Christy there. Christine. They had four different, quote, unquote, nurses there. And actually, one only one of them was a nurse, which was Lorraine. But they had four different girls there. Uh, sometimes there'd be two. Sometimes there'd be most of the time there was just one. But he goes, yeah, Luanne just came back because uh, she uh, she finally got her back pay that, that she is owed for months. And I was like, well, what's going on? He goes, again, you got to talk to Tony. So I, I come in the next day and I come to go find Tony. And I said, hey, uh, not, and again, I don't want to bring this up, you know, the money struggles because I think that's embarrassing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm good. Well, I was going to say, I can see why that would be uncomfortable. Yeah, you don't walk up to a new person and say, hey, I, I hear you don't have any money. What's going on? So you don't really say it, but I was like, hey, Tony, I, I, I was I missed you on Friday, and, and yesterday I was here to get my 1200 bucks." And he's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. You know what, but about that, um, hey, can we renegotiate that? I go, what do you mean renegotiate? He goes, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a bind right now. I'm in the middle of, of a deal. Um, what if I give you six today? And then I turn around and give you six on Friday. I go, okay, but it would be 18 on Friday because Friday would be another 1,200. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I give you six today, I said, oh, oh, okay, all right. So he gave me my six, right? Now the next week I'm, I'm doing stuff, right? I mean, I'm, for the rest of the week I'm doing stuff. Friday rolls around, Tony's not around. Now I'm owed 1,800 bucks. And I'm like, Ricky, what's up with this? And he's like, he had, he had to borrow money from his mom, and now I'm starting to find out that 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 Tony, you know, that's when he Tony. I mean, Ricky was the first person to tell me that Tony was on coke. Now, again, maybe I'm the most naive guy in the world, but he wasn't like the 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 things you see in TV, all shaking and sniffing and and that. I mean, his hair was a mess, but it's not. I didn't I didn't look at him as some kind of guy that was strung out on coke. Um. And again, maybe I don't know what a coke head looks like, but it didn't look like one to me. Um, he'd be late. He'd come in when he wants to. But, I, you know, when you're the boss, I guess you can do that. You know, when you're not, he's not, he didn't miss appointments. He just didn't make appointments. So, again, if he went out and partied and did this and that and it was living the Miami lifestyle, okay, great. I, I'm not one to say whether that's good or bad. You know, you can do what you want to. Um, I'm not going to judge somebody for that, but I didn't see him as a cokehead. But Ricky was saying that he had a coke problem. His ex-wife was, was he, he had to pay for this, had to pay for that. He was weighing over his head. Uh, he got his car. I mean, he got his license suspended. 
His car didn't have any insurance. He was driving his new girlfriend's car. Uh, he borrowed money from his mom. And Ricky's just pouring out this, all this, how Tony's a train wreck. So I'm kind of look, listening to what, what Ricky's saying, and I'm, I'm going, wow, this is not really a good situation to be in. Maybe it, maybe I should dip out of this. Maybe I should make some, make plans to, to get my money and, and go. So I, only in my head I was thinking to myself, this isn't the place for me, but it wasn't – the house wasn't on fire. I wasn't looking to run out. I was just looking to go, you know what, maybe this is a mistake. Let me make my money back. And just like Tony said, after a month, either I could reinvest or not, and I just won't. So that's the end of week two, okay? Um, week three rolls around, and I'm still trying to do work because, again, I, 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 I want to work for what I get paid, and that's when I'm asking stuff about, uh, okay, if we put on the brochures, what kind of plans we have, how do you cost this out? And I was trying to figure out a cost, you know, to, to print out on the brochures, um, a standard cost, and it could be adjusted depending on who the customer was, I guess, but a standard cost that you could advertise with a good profit margin. So I was asking Ricky what went into each protocol, and there was a, a weight management protocol, an anti-aging, and a sports performance package. And so I was asking about, you know, the, the weight one, and he would say, oh, it's mainly HCG, and I'd be like, okay, well, what does HCG cost us? Okay, what do we charge for that? What do we get? And I was working down the cost analysis for this. And when I got to um, the sports performance package, um, I said, okay, what goes into it? He goes, well, you know, it could be HGH, HGH and that cost this. And I, said, and I go, and, you know, the testosterone. He goes, yeah, of course, the testosterone. And I go, well, what does that cost us? And he goes, well, it kind of depends on where you get it from. I go, well, okay, where do you get it from? And he goes, well, if you get it from Dr. Pedro, which was Tony's dad at the time, um, he goes, it costs, you know, this, but if you get it, it from, from Oogie, it, it, there's a different cost that costs less. And I'm like, Oogie, well, who, why would he get it from Oogie? Is, does Oogie know a doctor or something like that? And he goes, no, no, gets it from Oogie. And I'm like, I don't know. What do you mean? He goes, Oogie Porter. Look, man, Oogie's nothing more than a glorified steroid dealer. And I was like, well, what? And he's like, yeah, that's what Oogie does. Oogie's a steroid dealer. And I was like, so he either gets it from his dad or he gets it from a steroid dealer. And he's like, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking, okay, now I really kind of have to get out of here. This is just an environment I don't want to be in. Again, nothing to do with books, nothing to do with documents, nothing to do with this stuff. Well, Tony comes in during that week and, you know, something crawled up his ass or something, but he was – bitching and to everybody and just ripping Lorraine a new one and, and yelling at Ricky, calling Ricky a fat fuck, so, you know, saying he's not doing this, he's not doing that, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there because, I mean, he's not yelling at me for anything because I didn't do it. And he's bitching about something and he says, you know, I don't need any of you guys. All I need is this. And he picks up a, a, a patient file off the desk. He goes, all I need is this. I could put these in the back of the, my car put this in the trunk of my car and do this business and slams it down. He goes, do your fucking job. So on and so forth. Blah, blah. Again, walks off. Now I've been paid the 600 and I've been paid like a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there. I'd gotten this thing whittled all the way down to 3,600. So out of the 48, I had gotten 12, a total of 12. Okay. 600 and the little spot payments 
to, to knock it down to 3,800. So I'm at 3,800 now, and I go looking for Tony, and Tony's not around, and he's not around for days and days and days. And when I asked Ricky where he was, he's like, we went to the All-Star game. And I said, what did he go to the All-Star game for? And he goes, he went to the All-Star game um, uh, so he can get payments. Now, one of his patients at the time, right, I, and I knew this because I saw Tony watching ESPN at the time, didn't say anything, but Ricky said, oh, that's one of his patients, was, was Melky Cabrera. Mm-hmm. And, wait, but here's the thing. If, and again, may, may, I must be the densest person in the world, but it's easy for people to say it now that they know the story. But if, you, if you're in Hollywood and you go to a dentist and all of a sudden your dentist says, yeah, I also one of my patients is also Bruce Willis. Does that shock you? Does that mean that something you know, bad's going on just because he has a famous client? No. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're in Miami and you're at a, at a clinic, and again, a doctor's clinic, he had the, the jacket that said Dr. Tony Bosch. He walked around with a stethoscope. He had a plaque on the wall, and his dad was a doctor, okay? Just because Melky Cabrera is a patient of Tony Bosch's wasn't a red flag because I don't know what he was there for. Just because I was getting testosterone, right? doesn't mean that the lady next to me was getting testosterone, that the other dude next to me was getting a steroid. You know what I'm saying? Just because people were going to him, I didn't know what people were getting. It could have been weight loss, could have been this, could have been a bunch of other things. Just because a ball player was going there didn't necessarily mean that they, that they were there for a bad reason. That's what I was thinking. But when he says, oh, I'm going to the All-Star game, I'm going there to pick, he's uh, going there to get money. I was like, okay, well, when's he coming back? Well, he should be back tomorrow. I was like, okay. I said, well, I'm coming back tomorrow. Um, I came back the next day, waited, waited, waited. Tony finally shows up. And um, he goes into his office, doesn't even say shit. So I'm like, Ricky, I'm going in. Knock on the door. He's like, yeah, come on. I said, hey, Tony, what's going on? I said, how was, uh, how was your, your weekend? He's like, good, good. Guys. Did you happen to you know, pick up any money while you're there? He's like, yeah, I had a good weekend. Why? What's up? I said, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm short on money. I said, I was supposed to be paid a couple times now, and I just want to kind of make sure we're on track here, you know? And he's like, well, no, I, that I don't have. I go, well, what, you just told me you picked up money. He goes, yeah, but I, I don't have the money for that. I said, so I got to wait some more. And he's like, yeah, you're just going to have to wait. I go, no, Tony, see, this isn't working. This isn't working. I, you know, I want my money. And he's like, well, I don't have it. I go, you just said you had it. And he goes, well, I don't have it for you. I said, well, see, that's bullshit. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? I go, what do you mean? He goes, what are you going to do about it? I go, what am I going to do about it? And he's like, yeah, I'm Dr. Tony Bosch. What the fuck are you going to do about it? And right then and there, again, I, I saw red. I, in a split second, I thought, I, I, I'm going to smash this guy into the ground. But then I thought, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, 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 no. That's going to end up bad for me. I'm not going to win this one. You know, in a court, uh, I, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. So I kind of stormed out of there, you know. Then later on, I called up Ricky. I said, this is bullshit, Ricky. I want my money. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. It's like, just bide your time, Porter. Just bide your time. And I'm like, no, this guy's a fucking asshole. Fuck this. I want my money. I want my money. He's like, just, you know, just do your thing. Tony will come around. Well, I would go in there. Tony wasn't there. Or he'd be there and I'd avoid him. But I was stewing the whole time. And then it hit me that one day. When he said, 
oh, I don't need you, any of you guys. I All I need is this. I can do this out of the back of my car. And so I was like, well, wait a minute. He needs these files. I need my money. Ricky told me to take these files. Ricky gave me the go-ahead to take these files. He authorized authorized. I said, okay, great. So I had the keys because, again, I was the marketing guy. So I waited till 6 o'clock when the place closed at 5, and I walked in there, and I started taking these boxes. I didn't know what I was taking. I was just taking these boxes, you know, put them in the back of my truck, bring them to my house. Next day, take a couple, three more boxes, bring them to my house. Kind of doing it, I don't want to say in broad daylight, but I wasn't hiding it. I mean, I, I, I do it after hours, but Ricky would come in the next day, and I'd come in the next day. And I'd say, yeah, I, I moved a couple of those boxes to the house. He'd be like, yeah, short his shoulders, like, so what? But I'd move the boxes. And then I'm going, okay, so I moved all the boxes. I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy can't pay his bills. Why can't he pay his bills? He's bringing in so much money. Why, why would he have to borrow money from his mom? Why is he not paying this person? Why is Ricky saying he's got no money? Why can't he, he pay me? So I'm sitting there going, what's up with this guy? So I started looking around for a business license. I started to figure out if this business is legit or not. And then I walked into Tony's office. It wasn't locked. Walked into Tony's office. Not much stuff sitting around except for four books sitting in one of those file folders right on his desk. Composition books. They look like school children books. Flipped it open and just started looking. It's just names. Names, phone numbers, dates, what they take. Names, phone numbers, dates, what they take. My name was in there. Okay. Looking, 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 and then all of a sudden I passed a page and I flipped back. And here's the thing, I saw AR, I saw Alex Rodriguez. But the funny thing is, is there's a thousand Alex Rodriguez's in Miami. A thousand. You know what I'm saying? Right. The, you, the name doesn't jump at you unless you're looking for it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Juan Castillo. The name doesn't mean anything. Not in Miami. So I'm flipping, and I, and I ran across that, the infamous page, when all of a sudden at the top of the page it said uh, MLB, and it had Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Vaughn, Melky Cabrera. Now I know these names, okay? And I'm going, okay, wait a minute. These are all his, his clients, right? And then underneath it said, it said college, and there were some college players. And then underneath that it said H, uh, HS, and there were these other names. And now I can sit there and go, wait a minute. Pro, college, high school. All right, now I'm looking through all these protocols now, and I'm looking through this, and every one of them, everybody in there was taken. It had Melky's protocol. It had Ryan Vaughn, what he was taking. It had how much Ryan Vaughn was paying, how Ryan Vaughn paid. It had uh, 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 Bartolo Colon's information. It had all the people that you saw on that list and others what their protocol was. And so I started flipping back and that's why I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're not allowed to take this. You're not allowed to take that. And I'm like, okay. So I picked up the four books too, brought them home. The very next day, that's when Ricky called me up and he's like, uh, in fact, it's on a text. Uh, I don't know if they use it in the movie, but I showed Billy the text too. He texts me and he goes, Hey, uh, um, one, Tony wants to know what happened to his files. And I'm like, what files? And he goes, uh, the, the files that Tony had. And I go, you mean the files you told me to move? 
And he's like, no, no, not those. There were some other files that, that Tony uh, had in his office. And I'm like, well, I don't know. They must have gotten mixed up with the files that I moved. And he goes, so you have them? I said, yeah, I have a bunch of files in my house. I don't know exactly what they are, but I have a bunch of files in my house. And he's like, yeah, well, Tony wants you to bring it back. I go, well, you tell Tony I want my money. And he's like, no, no, this is bullshit. And Tony says, it's bullshit. He says he wants those files back. I said, okay, and he can have them back, but I, I want my money. Oh, Tony says, fuck you, this and that. I said, okay, well, fuck you too. So now I've got all these boxes, and I start flipping through this stuff. And then that's when, again, you started seeing the ball players, but you saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Joe Smiths, people like me, just regular people, right? And because there wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't like John Smith, he's a baker. Susan Johnson, she's a dancer. Didn't tell you what people's names and names and names and names. And I kept flipping back to those people in high school. And so I started cross-referencing with these, these names in high school, and I started cross-referencing um, on an Excel document that I had seen on Ricky's laptop, I mean, on Ricky's computer at his desk, um, that, that said what the protocol was, because they, they initialized they, they uh, uh, WLSP, Weight Loss Sports Package AA. They, they, would, they would code what the protocol was that they were taking and what they were paying. And all these underage kids won the sports performance package. And because I'd asked before, I know what the sports performance package was, and it was testosterone. And then I started thinking, I was like, yeah, all those people that I'd seen coming in and out with that were in the, the waiting room and the, the lobby, when I was a patient as well, that I remember I told you before, that it was just like a doctor, a dentist's office. You see all sorts of people in there, right. which you don't ever ask what they're there for. These kids, and I say kids because they were about, 12 to 13 weren't riding their bikes up to there weren't taking the bus there and getting dropped off they were being brought in by their parents and coaches okay right and that really really fucking bothered me. and then that's when the lights started going off and then when i was again when i was trying to figure out why tony wasn't paying bills so on and so forth when he said oh do you do you know who i am baseball i that's the first time i ever googled him i googled tony bosh baseball and the first thing that came up was an ESPN article about Manny Ramirez and how Tony Bosch was involved with his dad about Manny's running with uh, PEDs. I didn't know any of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I was like, wow, okay. Well, wait a minute. I, I think he's doing the same thing. I, I, think, I think he's doing the same. You know what? Fuck this guy. This guy's an asshole. He's a con man. He conned me, ripped me off. He's ripping off all these other people, and he's fucking with kids. You know? Fuck this guy, and he's fucking with a national pastime. This guy's just an all-around asshole. Fuck him. So I go, I'm going to blow the whistle off. And I look, and I look, and I look, and I look, and, and I'm trying to figure out what law enforcement agency investigating him. I'm trying to look uh, uh, for any of that stuff. Nothing. So I call up Miami-Dade Police Department. And I asked them if they have any investigations on Tony Bosch, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. And they, they give me the whole one on, well, we're not, we're not uh, allowed to give out that information. Do you have anything you'd like to tell us? Do you, so on and so forth. And I'm, I'm trying to have a, an issue on, on how to get this information out there. And, I'm, and again, at the time, you saw cops going there all the time, too, right? And I'm like, well, if he is doing stuff like this and the cops are in on it, I definitely don't want to 
to, to tip my hand. I, you know, how did he get away with this before? Let me contact ESPN. And I look at ESPN article, and it was written by TJ Quinn. And so I call up ESPN, and I say, hey, uh, uh, can I get the contact information for TJ Quinn? Uh, There's something I'd like to talk to him about. And they're like, well, we don't give out the names to our talent. Uh, if you have something, you can just uh, write it to ES, info at ESPN, blah, 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 something like that, a generic thing. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. So I went to the very next article, which was Miami New Times, written by a guy named Tim Elfrink. And so I looked at the bottom of the article, and you click on his name, and it, it, it gives you his contact information. And I just wrote him an email saying hi, and I wrote it under a fake Yahoo address because I didn't know how deep this rabbit hole went. And I wrote it, uh, and the, uh, what was what's the name I used? Um, David Castillo. Yeah, yeah, David Castillo. And um, at Yahoo.com. And, uh, or, no, it's a Gmail. I don't, yeah, I uh, remember the name. Yeah, and then so I wrote, I wrote Tim Elfrink, and I, and I said, hey, uh, I noticed you did an article on, on Tony Bosch and Manny Ramirez and MLB. Um, I, I, there's, a, there's a good article. I read it, but I think I, have, I might have some more information for you, um, but I just don't know how to get it out there. Um, well, you know, basically, can I, can I contact you? The guy turned around and, and, and texted me the very next day. He said, yeah, I can call, uh, contact him, so on and so forth. So I asked him for his number. He gave me his number, and I turned around and called him. And the, he was awesome. He was like, yeah, tell me what you got. Hey, we should meet, so on and so forth. And I went and I met with him. I didn't bring anything the first time. I didn't bring anything. I just talked to him. And he just sat there and listened and so on and so forth. And, and, and he was kind of filling me in on stuff like, yeah, this happened, and, and he got out of it the first time because his dad did this. Yeah, you know, the FBI really doesn't do the job down in here, and so on and so forth. And it was kind of just really filling in some of the holes of what Tony Bosch was to MLB players and, and, and how big of a problem steroids were, and so on and so forth. Because not being a sports reporter and not – I mean, you follow the games, you watch the games, but I wasn't entrenched in uh, – all the ins and outs like i couldn't have, i couldn't tell you what's on the band list probably even to this day you know all the different things but you know i like the home one race you know you heard the rumors about this and that you know about the mitchell report but you you know it wasn't like you were looking at a full-blown like you said there's no way i could have expected this to end up the way it did i just didn't see it like that i didn't see the big picture well right. tim, tim goes do you have any proof of any of this and i'm like yeah and he goes, well, what do you got? I go, I got files. I got books. I got all sorts of stuff. And he's like, can I see it? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll let you see it, but I don't, you, you can't take it. And he's like, no, 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 let me see it. So the next time I met with him, and it was right across from, from, from Boca Tanning um, at a sports bar, um, I bring him some of these books. And he's flipping through these books, and he's shaking his head. He's flipping through these books, and he's shaking his head. He's like, Jesus Christ. He's looking, he's like, that guy's a judge. And he's flipping through the book. And he, yeah, and he's flipping through it. And he's like, that guy's, you know, on the commission. And he's flipping, he's flipping, he's flipping. He's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. And he's pulling out names that I don't know, right? Ball players, uh, 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 local celebrities. I'm talking about local. Oh, so-and-so owns this building over here, you know? And I guess being in his position, he knows different people. But he, he picked out this person's a judge, this person's this, so on and so forth. And I'm like, so is this legit? And he's like, 
you, you're sure these are Tony Bosch's books? And I go, yeah. And he goes, there's no way that these are anybody else's. I go, no, these are Tony's. And he's like, yeah, this is big. This is, this is big. And I said, okay. I said, well, what do you, what do you need? And he goes, I, I need, I need some of this as copies. So I said, well, I'm not going to give you the originals. And he goes, can, can you get me some copies? I said, yeah, yeah. So I started, I went and I started copying the pages of this book, these books, all four of these books. I, I went, I drove like 30 miles way out of town to a, to an office depot and I sat there and just started making copies of it. And once I had the copies on paper, I went home and changed those copies to PDFs. Okay. So I had all these, I had the original books. I had paper copies, like hundreds and hundreds of pages of this, each page being copied on a, on a copier. And then I had the PDF files on a, on a flash drive. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, okay, here you go. And he goes, look, you know, it's going to take some time, but uh, uh, yeah, this is, this is big. I said, is this going to blow the whistle? Is this going to blow Bosch out of the water? Is this going to shut this guy down? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is definitely going to blow him out of the water. And I said, good, fuck that guy. And he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, if you wanted to fuck him, you just did. I said, yeah, good. Because at the time, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm getting him back for fucking me over. I'm getting him back for conning all these other people. I'm getting him back for, for uh, giving this shit to kids. And I'm getting him back for fucking up the game of baseball. Fucking asshole. Again, I'm like, you're all in. You're all in yeah. at this point. Yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm thinking I'm a yeah, it's risky, but I'm I'm a good guy. Fuck this guy. So Tim's looking through stuff and he's verifying this and he's verifying that. And I called him up like a, a couple of days later. I said, you know, and he's like, hey, you know, Porter, this takes a while. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he calls me and goes, hey, do you still have? If I give you names, can you check on these names if they're in these books or in these files? Right, because I didn't copy any of the files. I only copied the books. Okay, because the files, it's, I'd, I'd still be copying them to this day if I was copying every page and every file. You're talking about seven full legal boxes. Right. And so I said, yeah. So he gave me a list of these uh, names, names that, that, that didn't mean anything to me, right? But there were different things that either he had, had found out in his investigation or cross-referencing through this or that, but there were names to him whether it's important people or developers or judges or whatever, right? And so I look through my files, and I say my files, the, the files in the, in, the, in the legal boxes, and I came up with some. And then I was like, well, maybe they're still at the, at the, at the, at the biogenesis. And he goes, do you still have the keys? I go, yeah. And he goes, you're going to go look? And I was like, yeah, I will. As a matter of fact, I still have the code. Nobody told me I'm fired. In fact, nobody would tell me I'm fired because I'm still owed money. And I still have the keys. I can come as go as I fucking feel like it. And if God God forbid Tony does say you can't go there, I'd be like, screw you, give me my money. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I was like, fine, I'm going to go there. So I went there and I started, I looked at those files. Didn't take any, looked at those files and found another more of names that, that Tim wanted. Read it back, gave it back, the information back to him, and he's still writing it. And then he, you know, so he's getting about ready to write this thing. And he's like, um, okay, you know, this is going to be going out. It's probably going to go in about two weeks. And uh, again, I got to ask you, you know, you, you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, why not? And he's like, I'm just, you know, 
Are you, and again, are you sure that there's no way this could come back that these aren't Tony's? I go, no, it's impossible. Well, when I copied the books, I mean, when I copied the books and I, and I gave Tim a copy, I also made a, another copy for myself, but I needed another copy that I, just in case something happened, something went wrong. And I gave it to him at the time, I gave that copy to Pete. Because at this time, again, at this time, Pete wasn't an enemy. Anthony wasn't an enemy. Gary Jones wasn't an enemy. They weren't involved. You know what I'm saying? They, in fact, Pete didn't know that I was even going to Tony Bosch for like the last year and a half. And I never told him because I didn't want to tell Pete that I was going to Tony Bosch in case they had a hard falling out and Pete would think that I was betraying him somehow. Or you know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to mess up that relationship I had with Pete. Pete was a good enough guy, and him and Anthony treated me right. So I walked up and said, hey, Pete, I need you to hold something on to me for me. And he's like, what's this? I said, remember Tony Bosch? And he was like, yeah, that fucking asshole. I go, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't get mad at me. I know you're probably going to be pissed. But I've been seeing Bosch. And he goes, for what? And I go, for the protocols and stuff like that. And he goes, yeah, you didn't need to go to him. I said, well, I did. I went to him, and, and, and long story short, I let the guy borrow some money, and he fucked me over. And I was like, and he's like, well, fuck, dude. I could have told you that. The guy's a scumbag. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, so what's this on this disc? I said, I took some shit of his, some of, some of his shit, and he's running some shady operations over there, and uh, I copied it, and I'm I, I going to give it to the paper. And he goes, well, did you give it to the paper? I said, no, they're working on a story now. And he goes, yeah, just tell, tell Bosch that if he doesn't give you your money back, you're going to run a story on it. I said, well, it's either that or beat his ass. He goes, no, nah, no, you don't want to do that. What you doing? Yeah, go ahead and do that. Just just tell him you're writing a story, and uh, he'll give you money. Don't worry about it. And he, so, doesn't, he doesn't know that there's high-profile names on this at this point either. No, not at the time. Right. Does. Okay. And he's kind of like capitalist, but but again, see, what hits me so hard about the movie is I am gullible, but I'm I'm ashamed that I fell for so much, and I'm ashamed that I, you know, I was a sucker for so much. But maybe that's just in my DNA to believe people or to, to, to see the good in them or whatever. Because when you only when I look in hindsight do I see how I was played by the Carbones. Only when I look at hindsight and I and, and I connect all the dots later, you know, Monday morning quarterback, do I see how I could have avoided this? Or, you know, like we'll get into in, in some of the other sessions, how I should have seen what Jones was doing. Or, you know, I'm saying some things I should have seen, but I just didn't because everything was going crazy. There was a ton of shit going on in my life. And I wasn't looking under the bed every five minutes for the boogeyman. You know, I thought that the Carbones were my friends. I thought, and again, I didn't think they had anything to do with this. And Gary Jones had absolutely nothing to do with this at this time. Okay? Right. So he had had a copy of this. And again, that comes into play later on down the road. So I don't know how far we're going to get into today. But um, so now Tim's writing the article. He's double checking. Pete's got a copy. Um, the story's going to come out in about two weeks, and Tony gets wind that the story, there's a story out there. Now, how he gets the wind of it, I don't know. 
I could speculate now that maybe somebody from the paper, because in a Latin community like Miami, uh, there is a lot of back scratching. And maybe somebody that worked at the paper who maybe knew Alex or knew Tony or knew this or knew that, you know, spread it to one person. Maybe Tony, maybe Alex told Tony, maybe Tony told Alex. Maybe Pete told, you know, who, I don't know exactly how he got the wind of it, but he got wind of it. And um, should we pick this up again or, <laughs> or are we still going? Uh, well, let's just go up until, you know, it, it kind of hits the fan. Um, but another question I guess I have is, you know, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When, Please, Terry, I don't want to, I don't want to bore your listeners. So, so go ahead. And, uh, well, I've been me. locked in myself the whole time. I, I find this fascinating, but, um, you know, I mean, when you talk about, you know, being gullible and, and stuff like, you know, you must have just been fixated on, on getting back at Tony as well. I mean, that has to, you know, be part of it, I would guess. Yeah, oh no, and that's the thing. The, the whole thing, the whole reason for taking the books was, uh, again, watch, could I have turned around and said, uh, oh, you stole $4,000 from me, I'm going to take you to court. Well, I'd taken somebody to court before that owed me like $500 in small claims court, and I won. But I, I never saw a penny, because small claims court doesn't mean, it means that you get the judgment, but you still have to go to them and get the money. So the system doesn't really work. I didn't have a whole lot of faith in it. So somebody whips you off for $4,000, well, there's, there's really only a couple choices you have. Either you bend over and take it, B, you get physical and beat it out of somebody, C, you go the legal route, or, or B, you pay them back, you know? And the only one that really seemed logical to me is you pay the guy back. Right. And I was like, you're going you're gonna to try and screw me? I'm going to screw you over 10 times worse. Now, yeah, that was the original reason why I started looking for a business license. That's why I started looking at these files. What were in these files that he could do out of the trunk of his car? What was so important about these files? And then when I saw the books, the fact that he kept that in his office, and that's where he had all these names, I was suddenly going, okay, well, these are his private ballplayers. And then when there's little other tiny little things that, again, it's, it's such a long story. It, it's a book in the making. Next to every ball player, um, there was a, a code that said RPO. And when I first, not even, I wasn't even at the point of leaving yet when I was first talking to Ricky about business operations and, and scheduling. And, and I was looking at, you know, the Excel documents of payments and stuff like that. I said, what's RPO? And he goes, oh, it, it stands for real players only. And I go, well, what's that? And he goes, it's a side company that his brother opened so that just houses the baseball players. And at the time, I was sitting there going, okay, if I was a, a dentist and I had a bunch of clients, but I had high-profile movie stars, maybe I would put them on a different list. I don't know. That doesn't strike me odd. Maybe it strikes somebody odd in Ocala, but it's not odd in Miami to have celebrities, Okay. So again, at the time, it didn't really jump out at me. Down the road, I was like, RPO. So all these things that were piling up, and I knew that Bosch was going down for this. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's going to get his. And I kind of, in a weird way, looked at myself as somebody that stood up for themselves, 
somebody that didn't take getting pushed around, somebody that got some scumbag con man off the streets, and somebody that was protecting the game and the kids. You know, and in my head, I was thinking to myself, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. Fuck Bosch. And again, at the time, I didn't know this was going to turn into World War III. You know, and I didn't know, I didn't realize I was going to have, you know, mega giants like MLB coming after me. And, you know, Alex and every crazy fan out there and, and all of Bosch's crew and steroid dealers and then, the, you know, Italian mafia wannabe guys, you know, I didn't realize it was everybody in the mother was going to come back after me. Um, and they weren't coming after me because I hurt them. They were coming after me to either protect their own interests and, you know, or I just opened Pandora's box and they were going to shut me down. So yeah, the, the real reason is I wanted to stick up for myself and stick it to Bosch. And then it just turned into something else. Right. And another thing that comes to mind too, when you were first looking at the, the books, you know, the, the notepads and stuff, and you, you saw what the athletes were paying. Um, that must've been, we don't have to get into specific numbers, but it must've been a lot of money. And did you ever, did you ever look at that and say to yourself, well, why the hell am I not getting paid? If, if that's what he's bringing in from a lot of these guys. Yes. And, 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 and here's, here's the thing again, uh, I, I really don't mind uh, this isn't against the movie Screwball at all because I thought it was a fantastic movie, but this goes to prove a point that how much, how full of shit Tony Bosch really is, you know, and always has been. Even when he says in the movie, he likes to promote things that are unverifiable. He'll say, oh, yeah. And Manny used to ask for, you know, bedtime stories. Well, there's nobody in the world that can ever verify that story except him and Manny. Okay. And I doubt very highly that Manny Ramirez went on record saying, yeah, hi, I like to get nighttime bedtime stories from Tony Bosch. <laughs> you know, yeah. Tony says, oh, and, I, and, I, and there was another guy that I injected him in, you know, in the bathroom at a Pollo Tropical. That's unverifiable. It's, there's no way to verify that statement. Right. Is he on camera going to Pollo Tropical? Who's the guy? What guy raised his hand and said, yeah, I'm a ball player, and Tony Bosch injected me in the bathroom at Puerto Chaco? Nobody's saying that, okay? So he promotes this stuff. When he said that Alex said to him, give me, I'll pay you $4,000 a week or some kind of crazy amount like that, and if you're exclusive, that's bullshit. That never happened, okay? Because I am looking, I can look in two seconds exactly and tell you exactly what Alex was paying a month, according to these books, okay? And it wasn't anything close to that, okay? Okay. I know what, I know that, I know what the protocol that Alex was taking because it's written, been written down 10 different ways, 10 different times, okay? And Alex was never exclusive, never. Bosch had everybody in the mother going to this place and a bunch of different places, again, cops, lawyers, Judges, singers, tennis players, basketball players, football players, strength coaches, everybody was going to him. Tony, at no point in time was Alex ever exclusive. Okay? But that's Tony being Tony, promoting himself as somebody more important than he actually is for the movie. 
and oh yeah, oh, and, and people were coming to me, and I, my business blew up, and I was writing stuff at the bar, and, and I was ha, 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 like the dick that he is. Okay. You know? So, he... so again, I mean, I'm not trying to blow that part, but that shit didn't happen. And, 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 and how it made it in the movie, just because Tony said it. But Tony's full of shit. Okay, so he wasn't bringing in the hall that, that he claimed oh, to no, be. Oh, no, no, here's the thing. If you looked at the, the foot traffic that walked in that door, and if you looked at the Excel documents from month to month, okay, what, what people were coming in, if everybody, and people usually paid about four to $600, some people paid $750, some people paid, some people paid like $200, right? But the guys that paid $200, right? They got the discount because they brought their kids in. Okay? That's kind of fucked up shit I was seeing. That the dad of three high school baseball players was getting a major discount because the kids were getting paid full price. Do you know what I'm saying? And he would do this little referral thing. He'd give you a month off if you brought in a customer and shit like that. But he was bringing in close to 80000 to $110,000 a month. Wow, of people coming in, of people walking in there, and he couldn't. Okay? He couldn't pay you yeah. your your money back. Right, right. Now the thing is, is when he says, "Oh, I was doing a," I don't have to again. I don't forget the number he threw out there. I was doing seven thousand dollars a week in coke habit. I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know what seven thousand dollars seven thousand dollars of coke looks like. I don't know what one dollar of coke looks like. You know what I'm saying? I'm just. I'm not into coke. So I don't know what it looks like. So I don't know if that's possible, not possible. I don't know if that's enough to kill an elephant or if it's nothing. I have no idea. I don't know what it costs. I don't know what it does. With us. All I do know is that he was footing the bill for his ex-wife. His, you know, he was living lavishly, you know, out of Key Biscayne. He was going out and partying a lot. And he was dropping a lot of money, but the money that was coming in wasn't going to pay the nurses. The money that was coming in wasn't going to pay me or Ricky or the rent or the cable bill or any of that shit. So the money was coming in. And when any, when Tony was there, if he treated somebody, if you were going to pay in cash, he would take it. If you were going to pay in credit card, he'd tell you to go to Ricky. So anybody that paid cash, it went from their hand to Rick, to, to, to Tony's hand. If you said, oh, I've only, all I got is on me is a check or a credit card, he would send you to Ricky. Okay? That's why Ricky had such a hard time paying me back because he could only go off of credit cards on when that credit card, you know, batch would hit the bank, so on and so forth. He didn't have cash unless it was a day that Tony wasn't there and somebody would come in and, you know, Lorraine or one of the nurses would take care of the customer and the customer paid cash. Then Ricky had cash. And then he would give Durain, Lorraine a little bit or he'd give it a little bit to one of the other nurses or keep some for himself because he was owed or give some to me. Because remember I told you I'd get little pieces here and there? The only time anybody ever got paid is when Ricky was taking care of the cash because Ricky wasn't one of the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? Ricky wasn't out to rip anybody off. Ricky, I think, got caught up in a bad situation from a high school friend of his that he'd known for a long, long time. But Tony was definitely pulling the strings on Ricky. 
I was going to ask that how long their relationship went back because oh. I mean he's got to be really trusted by Tony to to be in the position oh, yeah, no, that no, he's it, in. I know I know it goes back to high school at least, and it might go back even farther. But but Ricky and Tony have known each other for a long, long time, and that's why Ricky just kept taking it and taking it and taking it. And you know what I'm saying? And you know just loyal to to Tony to a fault. Not he he wouldn't condone what Tony did, but he you know he'd be like, oh Porter, I tried to warn you, and I'm like Ricky, saying you're sure you want to do this isn't isn't even close to warning me what I was stepping into, you know. He would try and warn you, but in a very very milksop way, in a, in a way that wasn't blatantly going against Tony, you know. Do you think and he was he, maybe conflicted at the time, like oh, he just? Oh yeah, no yeah, d- definitely because again, there's a. We'll get into it, but there's a whole sub-story that never, ever hit the papers and never, ever, ever hit Biogenesis about right around Christmas time, right? And now my time with Tony was in October and the beginning part of November. But that leaves about two and a half months unaccounted for before the story went out, okay? There was a whole little scenario where Ricky was running the business. Ricky got kicked out of the business by Tony's brother's wife. And Christina, one of the nurses, got ripped off by Tony because he, he asked for some for money from her, and she didn't have any money, so he asked her to pawn her aunt's heirlooms, so on and so forth, blah blah. And they yeah. called me up out of the, they called me up out of the blue, okay? Uh, Ricky did, and I'll, I'll get into this a different time. But Overface called me up and, and told, asked me if I could help him, and I put him, I kicked Tony out of his own building and put and put Ricky back into it, and. Uh, two days later, Bosch shows up and lost his fucking mind. Went crazy. Um, again, that's a that's a whole different story. But but Ricky's involvement just doesn't disappear after the story goes on. I mean, it's not, I mean, after I left, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. But it's just again, it maybe I don't know if it wasn't movie worthy. I don't know if, if I never even got asked the right questions when I interviewed for the movie. But this it, there's a bunch a bunch of different stuff. You know, it surprises me that you, when you mentioned a minute ago, Bosch asked one of his employees to pawn something off because the whole yeah. time I'm like, what is this guy's end game here? How is he going to write the ship? And it, it sounds like there was never a plan to do that. He was just no, I, so and that's the thing. You find some you see you find out all these other different stuff, this, this different stuff later when you look at. I forget where I saw it. I, I'd, I'd seen, and again, this is, this is like after I had left, this maybe before the story went out or maybe right afterwards. You know, I had a whole lot of time on my hands to kill, and, and I was kind of up in the air and waiting. So I'm, you know, I'm digging here, and Tim's helping me with information there, and every once in a while Tim will come up and tell me something I didn't know. You know, um, like, I, again, I didn't know that when Tim was the, Tim was the one that told me that Tony's not, legitimate in this country as a doctor because i said yeah blah 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 and he goes you know what he's not even a doctor i said yeah he is he goes no he's not he started laughing at me i go what do you mean i go i saw the plaque he goes that plaque doesn't mean anything he goes he's not licensed to practice here in the states and he goes i go but he's got a jacket that says dr tony bosch on it he goes yes sir i could go and get one of those doesn't mean anything so a lot of these things that, again, people kind of laughed and go, God, Porter, don't you see this stuff like that? No, because if you're driving down the street and I pull you over and I get out of my car and I have a cop's uniform on, you're going to assume I'm a cop. And if I show you a badge 
you're going to assume that the badge is legit. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a, a belief system, I guess, in the country or just in human nature that people believe what they're shown. And maybe mine's a little bit more dull than the rest, but I believe what I saw. You know, again, you see, you walk around with a stethoscope, walk around with a doctor, you know, a doctor's cloak on, I believe you're a doctor. Right. So actually, the thing is, too, uh, when you say, hey, we'll get to the point where the story hits the new, new times, there's a lot more to it before you can get to that. <laughs> well, I mean, you tell me where you want to go. Um, we'll, we'll still, we'll still, we'll, we'll jump back, but we'll still go down. Um, when, when, when Tony got word that the story was coming out, Ricky calls me up and well, actually Ashley, which is Tony's brother, texts me and says, Hey, uh, I want to talk to you about maybe getting those, those uh, books back. And Tony's property back. And I was like, Ashley, why are you calling me? I never call you. I never talk to you. He's like, yeah, but this, this, this. I said, look, I don't really don't believe you. In fact, I don't believe any of the boshes. Now, I think you guys are all con men, so and so forth. I don't, I don't know. How do I know that you're telling me the truth? Well, you know. He's like, what about the money I'm owed? He goes, well, what if we give you half now? I go, no, I want it all now. I'm not playing any game with you. Why would I, why would I make a deal with you guys? Like, give me half now or we'll, we'll make payments. No, I want all my money. And again, I'm scratching my my head, going, "Okay, four grand for me is kind of a lot, but for these guys, it should be nothing." You know what I'm saying? Right. And then Ricky's like, "Hey, is that true that there's an article coming out?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I heard the same thing, Ricky." He goes, "So are, are you doing an article with the New Times?" I go, "I'm talking to him." Oh, Porter, you can't do that. You know how much. I'll, I'll, I'll lose this. I'll lose that. You can't do that. And I'm like, Ricky, I, I told you, I told you ahead of time that if Bosch didn't give me my money, you know, that I was going to blow this up. I told you, you know, when and all of a sudden when he kept we kept screwing me around. I said, man, if he doesn't give me my money, shit's going to go down. It's going to be scorched earth, collateral damage. You know, we well, can't do it. You know, you'll be taking me down too. And I'm like, Ricky, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to not do anything to Bosch because it might hurt you. Sorry, you know, you know, lay with dogs and, you know, whatever that saying is, you hang out with people like Bosch, this is going to happen. And I wasn't trying to be a total dick, but I, would, I wanted Ricky to know that I'm not going to just forget about it just because Ricky's an innocent bystander, you know? Right. Ricky, go get my money. So he said, well, can you stop the story? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do what I can, but I'm not even going to consider it until, the, the, you know, I get my money back. Now, in my head, I'm going, I have no intention of stopping. Now, that comes up a couple of times. Everybody kept asking me to stop the story. I had no intentions in the back of my head of ever stopping the story. But I had to say I would either to try and get somebody to give me my money back or to prevent myself from getting killed. But you didn't so, know. You weren't aware of that at that point. No, 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 no. But I'm saying that, that, that whole theme of, yeah, I'll stop the story or, yeah, I could stop the story has – it comes up a couple times in this whole biogenesis saga because I had to repeat, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time it came up is with Ricky when I said, yeah, I could stop it if I got my money. And the same thing with, uh, with when Ashley, oh, well, you know, Tony wants to get his, 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 his books back and his, and his files back. And I was like, well, I want to see my money. It, it, came to, it came to be that was my only leverage. That was my only way to get my money back because it wasn't going to happen because – Tony was going to find Jesus and, and do the right thing. 
It wasn't going to happen because I involved the law. The only thing that was going to happen is because I had something he wanted or people didn't want a story out about him. So I was using that to manipulate it. Now, again, I had no intentions of ever stopping that story. You know? I, it's surprising to me that once you once you took the you know the books, I'm surprised there wasn't more panic, you know, on their part to try to get those back and to. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I just there was panic, but it, it, it was it's kind of weird because I don't think Tony told Alex. I don't think he wanted to turn around and tell his clients. Yeah. I fucked up and the books are gone and your career is about to go into the toilet. I don't, I think I didn't, I think that he didn't want to tell anybody that. Okay. So he had to keep it really, really, really low key. I don't think he wanted to talk to me because he knew I was unbelievably pissed at him. Just unbelievably fucking pissed at him. And, and, and here's the thing, to be honest, Tony probably had an ego thing going on too, where, He's not going to get manipulated by fucking Porter Fisher. I'm Tony Bosch. How dare he? Fuck him. You know, kind of thing. So he went like he usually does and has other people do his dirty work for him or, or, or kind of soften the load. He sent Ricky to try and talk me down. He sent his brother to try and, and, and get the, the things. But when it came cut and dry, it's funny. None of Nobody wanted to come up with four grand. Nobody. I, that's just crazy to me. Like, yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why it was crazy to me too. I never heard. Okay, 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 Porter. I'll tell you what. Meet me in three days, and we'll give you four grand. It was never that. It was like, well, what if I give you a thousand now? And it was never that. So I'm like, fuck you. That's you know what that sounds like. That sounds like the same deal your fucking brother gave me. Give me four grand, and I'll give you twelve hundred in a week. Every week for a month. How did that work out for me? It didn't work out very well, so now I'm supposed to believe you, Ashley? Bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was starting to get really, really jaded, and I was starting to get really, really cocky, and, and I was starting to wise up is what was happening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and then everything that, that ensued. All right. Well, why don't we just kind of... But you know what's funny? The funny thing is, though, what's um, that? Is is everybody and they have because it is a kind of a shocking number. People go, "Oh, well, this whole thing happened before for, for over four thousand dollars. This thing happened over four thousand dollars." And you see that people bring that up a lot, but they they make it sound that they're like if they would have given me the $4,000 that the story never would have came out, that they believed that $4,000 would have shut this down. You know what I'm saying? But you were going to take them down anyway. That's, that's the thing. That's, that's, that's the exact opposite to $4,000. Alex might've thought it was going to go away. Tony might've thought it was going to go away. Oogie and everybody else might've thought that was going to shut me down, but I was going to go through the story regardless. And even Tim said, yeah, you know, and, and he said in the film, he goes, yeah, this wasn't good. This story was coming out. Cause, and that's the thing. Are you sure? Is, is this Bosch's stuff? Yeah. Do you want to do this? Yeah. You know? And when I called, when I did down the road, when, the, when this part of the story comes out, when I did get the, hey, man, you're going to be killed if the story comes out. It wasn't if the story comes out. I was going to be killed if Oogie's name was in the story. Not if the story came out. Do you see what I'm saying? Not from, not from the Carbones. Right. They 
trying to get me to stop the story. In fact, they didn't say stop the story. They were just saying that the word is that Oogie is going to fucking kill you. Does this article have his name in it anywhere? You know? And that's when I called Tim and I said, hey, Tim, does this story have Oogie's name in it anywhere? And he was like, no, why? And I said, because I'm getting death threats. You know, and he's like, no, it doesn't have Oogie's name in it anywhere. It doesn't even reference Oogie. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, are we still good to go? I said, yeah, go for it. Because fuck you, Bosch, $4,000. You don't steal $4,000 from me and then turn around and put me through all this and treat me like some kind of punk and then just walk and go, okay, here's your stinking $4,000 and just go back to the life you were leading. Not after I found out what a giant scumbag you were. I was going to remove you from the equation. Right. I was going to remove you. And there's I was a... going to remove yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna take care of you. There's a and bigger again, picture too. I yeah, mean, with the community. Feel and... Yeah, feel a damn good about it because I was sitting there going, at the end of the day, yeah, this guy's a, a scumbag from top to bottom. I mean, he's about as close to a child abuser as I can point my finger at. You know, as a communist, a bad guy. You know, he's an a bad son, bad father, bad businessman, bad personal, just a bad dude. So I had no problems turning his life to shit. So I had no intention of ever stopping that story. But people try and say, oh, well, over $4,000, as if the $4,000 was going to silence anything that was going to come out from this. Well, I mean, you know? it, it probably could have if it was resolved quickly, maybe. If it, yeah, watch. If it, if it would have been something along the lines of, I guess what, if, if, if I would have never had the time to stew over and look at these books, right? Then even though I took the books after I saw the page that said Alex's name on it, didn't click that it was something illegal until later on when I was looking through all this other stuff. So if it would have been the very next day, hey, Tony wants his books back. Oh, he's got his your $4,000. Just go ahead and, and bring him his books back and he'll give you your four and you guys can just walk away from each other and forget you guys ever existed. That's probably what it went down. I never would have been able to dig, you know what I'm saying? I never would have contacted the New Times, you know what I'm saying? Right. I never would have gotten to the point to know that there was a story. If at the time when I took the stuff, Bosch turned around and said, I want my stuff back, well, why'd you take it? And I said, oh, well, you know, my memory's fuzzy. I guess that way when I'm owed money. Oh, well, let me give you the money I owe you now. It never would have got to that point. Right. But they, but eventually you got to, you know, well past, you know, your breaking point and, and the story was coming out. Well, yeah. It's one of those kind of things where, you know, you start to look and you look and you look and you're going, God, this is, now this is bigger than me. Now I have to do something. Now, if I don't do something, what am I, what kind of person am I? If you notice all this stuff and somebody's doing it all this stuff and you don't say something, you know, in a way, I think you not in a way, I think you're probably just as bad as the person doing it. Right. You know, if your if your neighbors, you know, cheat on his taxes, that's one thing. But if all of a sudden you notice that, you know, little kids are going in and out or or and or, or cars are going in all hours of the, the the night and you're hearing rumors here, and all of a sudden you find out that this is nothing but a trap house that's that's fencing stolen property and doing all this, all this illegal stuff. Don't you have, at a certain point, don't you have to uh, to go, wow, I got to say something. You know, if I don't, I, I'm part of the problem. 
and what he was doing, especially with the high schoolers, was dangerous. And especially where you're not really sure where the steroids are coming from. Well, yeah, and and, he, and that's the thing too is even if you and that that we'll, we'll touch on that later too. But even if you had steroids that came from a legitimate clinic doctor and the the most renowned scientists in the world made these steroids. There's still been no, not one, real test to see what the effects of steroids are on a kid. There's been studies post-mortem or after the fact of how it's enlarged hearts or caused this issue or caused that issue, but there's never been a study on what it, it's done, it does to developing kids and developing bodies. Why? Because that would never get funded. How do you walk up to somebody and say, hi, I need a, 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 a focus group, and we're going to take and inject these kids with this stuff to see what it does to them. It would never get approved. So there's never been a study, and you can't find one on the internet or anywhere, of what the physical harms or, or, or I'll, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate, or benefits are the benefits or the harm of steroids to young kids. So it's untapped, it's unknown, it, it's, it's, an, it's, it's never been researched. So for him to be doing that, you're playing God. You have no idea. You can pretend all day long that you know what you're doing. You don't know what this does. And that's even if you were using stuff that comes from a legitimate pharmacy and it's real testosterone and it's 100% top of the line. But the fact that he was getting this from, from fucking Oogie, you know, a black market steroid dealer, and, and to come to find out that half of the stuff or more than half the stuff that Oogie ever got was coming out of some guy's garage in Kendall. The guy was making it in his garage. What, in a, in a, in a paint can tub? In a, in a bathtub, in a kitchen sink? What was he making this stuff in? I mean, who's this guy making stuff? That stuff is getting injected into kids? And I'm not talking about an 18-year-old kid. I mean, I am to some. But we're talking all the way to ages 12. 12. Because the birth dates are right there in the records. Okay? Do you tell me how, how confident and how comfortable you feel if your kid was getting injected with a, a chemical that you have no idea what could do to him on the promise that it would it might get him bigger or stronger or, 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 or get him to the pros. That's crazy. That, that's absolute insanity. And the fact that coaches and parents would bring their kids in there has, is very, very sad and disturbing to me on so many levels. And anybody, I, I'd love to debate anyone, anyone can step up to the plate and debate to me why it's none of my business or why it's okay or or why I should turn and look away when something like that is happening right in front of me. I want to find the person that, that, that opposes what I did. And I I would be shocked if, if anyone would try to oppose it. And it just stuns me even more that he would recklessly do this and... 
you know, I guess that's ultimately what he went to prison for was, you know, the the high school clients. But it's just absolutely stunning to me, you know, especially. Or go ahead. They say that yet that you know one a couple people said yeah, so what he ultimately went to prison for, which is satisfying in one way, but in another way, it, it, I kind of scratch my head that I go, well, yeah, he went to prison for that, but what about all the other stuff that he did? I mean, so what about the steroid distribution to regular adults? What about his interference in the game of baseball? What about the? I mean the cons that he did to all these other people. I mean, it, it even came out from Do- uh, Lorraine, his own nurse, that sometimes when when they didn't have the, the, the medicines, they didn't have the injectables to fill the needles with, for whatever reason, that they didn't have the money to buy them or Tony snorted up his nose or whatever, that sometimes they would fill these syringes with saline water. Saline water. So sometimes people were walking out of there, and maybe it was me sometimes. Maybe it was Alex sometimes. We're walking out of there with needles filled with water. So he was—he wasn't even a really a good drug dealer or a steroid dealer. He was conning people into thinking sometimes that they were getting steroids when they weren't even getting that. And they were paying four to six hundred dollars, you said, on average. Or 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 or, or Alex at fifteen hundred. 1500 is what Alex paid him on. That's what I saw in books, okay? So which is a far cry from what he was crying that Alex was making, paying him. But 1500 is what I saw, okay? And I can take snapshots of that. Yeah. But so even at that, sometimes you might – look, watch. My body didn't change because I was continuously getting saline water. You know what I'm saying? My body was changing because of diet. It was changing because of exercise, and it was changing because of some of the protocols that I was on with Tony Bosch. Was every one of them top of the line, pharmacy grade, 100% injectable steroids or HGH or, or, or medicine? Probably not, because that's not Tony's MO. Was some of the stuff that I could have taken at some of the times come from the dude that makes the stuff in the garage? Yeah, most likely. And some of the times would I probably inject myself with water? Yeah, that probably happens sometimes too. You know what I'm saying? That's why any of the health problems that I currently have today, I don't know what to attribute it to. You know? I don't know if it's just, you know, life or if some of these things were exacerbated or enhanced by bullshit that was pumped into me by Tony Bosch that I thought was legitimate stuff, that I thought was legal, legitimate anti-aging clinic stuff that anybody you me anybody could walk into a clinic in boston new york atlanta in any town and walk up and say hi doc i'm feeling kind of run down this and that so and so forth i'm not as feisty as i used to be in the bedroom can you check my testosterone levels here's some blood work and any doctor will do it and if you come below a certain level they'll be they'll be more than happy to go yeah let's raise your testosterone levels again that's the what was the basis of tony's business but he found ways to make a lot more money, found ways to infiltrate the baseball game, and, and, and started doing it to kids. And the thing is, he didn't have a license to do it. Sometimes he hid behind his dad. But for the most part, it, he was running a business that he had no business, that he had no business running. You know? And he got um, off pretty light in the end. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Extremely light. And when you have Major League Baseball 
doing everything they can and pulling in every favor that they have and, and put in an, pulling in every market that they could get to anybody that would listen on don't come down on, on hard on Tony Bosch because he's helping us. Well, who gives a shit whether Tony Bosch is helping you slap the hand of the baseballs in your employment that are cheating? What the fuck does that have to do with him injecting little kids? What does that have to do with him conning the other fucking people out there that were like me, John Smith, Joe Blow, that thought they were going to a real doctor? So I guess that doesn't mean anything to you guys in baseball. All that matters is that you have somebody to, so that you can go after the ball players that cheated. You're your employees. You're a private business, you know? But they sure as hell had a lot of influence on Tony Bosch's sentence. And Judge Gales goes, oh, we're going to give him four years, which is more than MLB recommended or his lawyers recommended. And I was in the courtroom. And they're like, oh, but your honor, your honor, this not the judge said, nope, nope, four years. I was happy until about a year and three months later when Tony Bosch was getting out on a reduced sentence because he was, quote, unquote, a model prisoner and, quote, unquote, in drug treatment program in prison. Well, I'm sorry. What else the fuck did he have to do in there? And then if you notice that the movie, apparently this was like a little club med for him, that people were asking him this, and he was a celebrity in there, and people were asking them how to do this and how to do that. Again, that's just Tony blowing his own horn, acting like prison was nothing for him, and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So Tony just held his nose at the whole system, and baseball helped him do it, and Manfred helped him do it. So it was just a surge. Hell no. But you know what? To be honest, Terry, that's probably part four or five to our conversation. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, you know, let's wrap, you know, as far as this part goes. And then uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of hit the ground with, um, you know, when the, the article did publish and how. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope I answered your questions. I was, just, you know, as honest as I possibly could be in that. And I apologize if I drop the F bomb one too many times. <laughs> it's all uh, good. It's uh, I, I hope so, and I hope uh, it was uh, it, it was entertaining or interesting to your, your listeners. Yeah, I think they'll uh, I think they'll enjoy it, and uh, I, I know they'll definitely enjoy the next part. So for for the audience, we're gonna we're gonna uh, cut now and uh, Porter and I will uh, work on uh, you know when we're gonna get the uh the next part uploaded so um you know stay tuned for that i'm sure it won't be uh you know too far from now and if anybody's wondering you know as far as red Sox related stuff we'll still be recording red Sox episodes as developments do happen so um so just tune in